BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Are you guys on Citizen? I'm not. Brian does all that stuff. I stay far away. Next door, <laughs> Citizen, all that. Well, okay, so it's we've been awoken by gunfire a lot lately, which is uh. no bueno, not, not nice. Nah. Uh, it's not a nice mm-mm, feeling. Mm-mm. But the worst feeling is now deciding to join Citizen and getting updates every two seconds about someone within two miles who's brandishing a knife like yeah like we've talked about this before too where it's just like it's just like there's always a man like yielding a machete yes. like every other day brian's like oh there's another machete guy i'm just like get me out of this and it's like mike it could just be a gardener right <laughs> he could be like cutting back the bougainvillea in your rental property and you're like man with a knife but i really do think the app should be renamed los angeles knife fight you know it's like <laughs> find a knife fight near you you know <laughs> like and you're like oh i guess i could be like called like just like holding knives la because no one's having a knife fight they're just like holding right, they're always knife. wielding or brandishing or they're just mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. A knife, mm-hmm. you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't think these are chefs because there'd be mise en place there, you know, <laughs> yeah. there'd be julienne and, you know, they'd be yeah. chopping. And so I don't think it's yeah, chefs. It's- I don't just think it's off duty chefs. <laughs> uh, so much prep work uh, and crime. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Welcome. Oh my gosh. We're back. It's a god there's a goddamn heat advisory today. That's it's so crazy. I okay. So you have to turn the heat on in the morning because when you wake up, the house is 59 degrees because we're not we're not sleeping with it at night. And then you step outside and you're like, why is it 90? It's I know. I know. I I have definitely like the heat is off. There's no heat on in the house no, for a while. Not, like I'm just like not paying let for the it. sun heat it up. It'll cook. I but yeah. Because the breeze is blowing, it's just like a fucking blow, air blow dryer is just like coming inside. But man, whatever. What do you got to do? This place is fucking Anna. weird. Did you feel the earthquake yesterday that like picked up? It like picked up my house and dropped it. Oh, it was in Silver Lake. Uh, seven thirty-eight a.m. Um, no. I sneezed and then the whole house shook, and so I like from. <laughs> I was literally uh, making coffee and I was like, oh, oof. and then the windows went <laughs> and I was like, no way. Come on. And I perfectly sneezed timed an earthquake. Oh, that's fucking great, man. That's really 
that's incredible. Yeah. You can't make that shit you up. You can't. Like, that's too good. But I didn't feel okay. it. Um, no. It was no. pretty local. And if I, I, I slept. I was a sleeper. Girl. I slept through it. Good girl. Um, yeah. 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 Thanks. It's been a weird, uh, wonky sleep schedule week. Brian's had, like, crazy 4 a.m. call times, which uh. means he's up at 3 a.m., so and then I don't go to bed at six o'clock at night. So when he's been going to bed, so I kind of like half sleep on the couch and then make my way to the bed as to not disturb him around like two a.m. I don't know. It's been it's weird. hard. It's occurred. It's it's hard. I, I feel you. <laughs> that that is our you know with Sean back at work that does become us and it's it's disconcerting when you roll over in the morning and I still get up pretty early. He's just gone. And you're like, it's five in the morning. So we have a similar, we have a similar thing. Um, and then you're like, I guess I'm going to go to bed and he's not home yet. And I just, ugh, it's, it's not my favorite. I mean, I'm glad he's working, mm-hmm. but it's a brutal job. Like being on set for productions are brutal, but he's uh, going to be working on the flight attendant season two. Oh, an, a new season, a new eh? season. <laughs> Locations guy. He's not part of any of the fun stuff. He's just the guy who says, don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford for you to touch yeah. that that's not contractually you can't be over here yes. so you need to move um that's pretty fun he's like a bouncer but for you know tv he is uh the way tv gets made that's pretty fun uh don't walk over there well that's great um good for the partners who work yep. Ta-da! Um, well, you guys, this Saturday, we are doing a super fun Instagram live. We're doing a drop by with Lo-Fi, our favorite bartender, the bartender of our dreams. Victoria Candy is going to be with us. We're going to be learning how to make a delicious Valentine's Day cocktail because, you know, even though we fucking hate Valentine's Day as servers, we love a thing. We do. You know what I mean? It's going to be a my <laughs> bitter Valentine positive spin on a, 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 just just a... A holiday that, as we will say once and again, uh, forever. It's amateur hour for douchebags. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's for sure. Um, but so if you guys have any stories of your amateur hours for douchebags, stories that you haven't dropped our way, like or any words of wisdom, advice on how to get through the day, drop it our way. Yeah. We would love to read it live. We would love to like put it out there for everybody to hear. And, and, yeah, and here's a tip. You need to do it right now <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, we're trying to post on social, get you guys to send in a lot more of you listen mm-hmm. versus pay attention to our social, but we kind of forgot to say something about it a week ago. So we're giving you a t- uh, less than 24 hour turnaround on those stories, but feel free to, um, you know, email real quick or drop it in our inbox uh, on Instagram. If nothing else, if you're free, it's going to be 1.30 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time, or which is 4.30 mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on the East Coast and then if you're in the middle mountain central areas, you fucking figure it out. OK, <laughs> yeah. If you live in Arizona or Indiana, I don't know what time it is. You there. tell me. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's like you, you recognize it. You just stay. I don't know. The daylight savings. You it's know your I mean? the recognition of that. It's your cross to bury, not your cross to bury, your cross to bear. I was going to say yeah. carry. Or bear. Okay. I think I and said then, yielding a knife instead of wielding a knife earlier. So I think we've. Both I yield. I yield the knife. The pooch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yield the knife. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's hilarious. Um, but you guys send them our way, and like, hopefully, we will. We'll see you there. We'll see you Saturday. Unless you're from um, uh, Victoria Lo-Fi right now, how about? 
Well, wouldn't you know it, Cupid's bow went sailing right over my head once again. Womp, womp. Uh, well, you know, since the holiday is actually named after a bloody massacre, I think we have every right to feel bitter on February 14th. Sure, bitter, but surrounded by good company and a killer cocktail. And that's why we're here with Lo-Fi Aperitifs and Victoria Canty today. Yay! Hello, hello. I'm super happy to be here. I love dropping by with Lo-Fi, you know that. Um, So we do. (laughs) (laughs) I never do it ever, but... Today's lo-fi cocktail drop is called My Bitter Valentine in honor of Valentine's Day coming up. It's a little twist on the classic bitter cocktail, the Negroni. We're going to be using lo-fi gentian amaro, aperitivo select, and a little bit of gin in this one. Lo-fi gentian amaro is slightly bittersweet pink fortified wine from Napa. And this recipe is super easy. We're just going to put ice into our mixing glass. We're going to add an ounce of lo-fi amaro, an ounce of gin, an ounce of bitter aperitivo select and stir it to dilute it. Pour it over ice and into a rocks glass and garnish it with an orange wheel. Easy peasy. Bitter AF. Uh, yeah, bitter, easy peasy. Yum. Bitter AF. That, you know, this really does sound like the perfect heartbreak elixir for service industry folks who, you know, are bitter about bartending and waiting tables on Valentine's Day. Oh, or even better, you could make one of these gorgeous drinks while joining us on Saturday, February 12th on our Instagram live at Sidework Podcast, where we'll be hanging out with Lo-Fi, learning drink recipes and reading some Valentine's Day themed service horror stories at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time or 4.30 Eastern. Yes, we can't wait to hang out with you, Victoria. Me too. We're going to get so bitter. And so we're gonna bitter. Build- better about it bitter is better bitter on (laughs) lo-fi yep (laughs) we're gonna get bitter till we feel better great all right well let's uh let's 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 move into some headlines huh shall we yes you know i'm i'm all about this (laughs) okay okay first headline you guys Let's meet the robots making the food and cocktails for the 2022 Winter Olympics. Representing China. How much we love fucking talking about robots taking over surfing jobs. Rats and robots, Um, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the Olympics, like specifically because of COVID-19 and reducing human to human contact uh, at the main media center where most people are dining at in Beijing, diners order food not from waiters, but from their phones. Mm -hmm. And then their meals are delivered through tracks on the ceiling, dropping directly down to their tables, which are separated by plexiglass or diners can pick up their food from a designated area after a cookie robot makes it for them and then puts it neatly on a tray. And then there's also, like, while that's happening, there's robots, like, moving around and cleaning things, um, making sure things look tidy. And then when it's time for happy hour, you just head to the bar or, you know, if you need coffee, there's a coffee bar, too. And then there's robots serving you up fresh beverages, cocktails, shaking it's, them even. It's robot bartender, robot barista, robot chef, robot server. And like, yeah. I do think this is, you You put it out into the universe last episode, you know, when you said Biden needs to change his agenda to delivery tunnels. And I feel like, <laughs> boom, 
here we are with rolling tracks with our food being delivered to us hot and fresh i mean it's a start you know it it is it's a it's it is a definitely like a very specific place where there's tracks like it's not like we're gonna have tracks like running across like the tops of cities know. like trains like you that's know why it's gotta I mean? go underground the tu- the tunnels in my opinion are still going to be like the best option right for like big cities and like getting out there like that but for the, the Olympics specifically the tracks are where it's at you know the overhead mm-hmm. tracks yeah I feel that I feel that. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's, it's so, you know, the, the Olympics is such a traditionally, you know, celebratory, you're coming together from around the world, especially if you have the privilege of going to the Olympics. It's like, of course, you're going to be want to chopping it up and mixing and mingling in the cafe. And this whole thing has as we saw like this summer too, has just been sad, terrible attendance, like nobody <laughs> there. Like the viewership is the worst it's been since 1988. I just heard that statistic. Um, I mean, no, there's nobody there because nobody can no, go. No, I know. Like, and know? And yeah. even the athletes, have you been reading about their quarantine nightmares? Yeah, dude. I was, I was like so sad. I was like, do I, we talk about the fucking shitty food that they're being served? Like it's basically the same shitty tray of food they get every day and it does not look. It's, Good. Like, and I'm not saying that it's correct that prisoners should eat this way, but they're getting prison food when you're going. Yeah. These are top tier athletes who qualified for the Olympics. They need to eat like cal- like they have to hit calories and it has to be like of a certain caliber. I'm sure they care about things like macros and protein and keto. And they're trapped in a room trying to figure out how to train and keep their strength or speed up while eating garbage. They've been crying and like sending like videos out, like asking, like, help me. I'm going to like, I'm going yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm having a mental breakdown. Um, which is a super shame because usually it's like a, there's food, beautiful food flowing everywhere. And it's like a total bone fest, which so this no. is like zero, not good. Um, like this is, it's, there terrible. are it's terrible. no Olympic village babies happening this, this time around. There's a real. <laughs> Olbs as they're yep. called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh I was very God. excited. I mean, like, listen, for the people who are there, these robot service industry professionals are the perfect workaround. Mission complete. Okay, here is the next story. This is fucking crazy. Uh, Las Vegas bartender robbed at gunpoint was forced to repay bosses stolen money. All right, so a Las Vegas bartender was robbed at gunpoint, like I said, and then forced to repay. This was in Vegas. It was in December 2020. It happened in, yes, it happened in December 2020, but this is the update. This is, yeah, we're like um, moving into real time. So Edward Parker was working at the Lodge uh, Hula La Pie in 2020 when a gunman entered and ordered him to kneel on the ground and put his hands behind his back and then like the fucking person took all the money of course edward was terrified and feared for his life and the gunman took almost four thousand dollars his bosses then presented him with a repayment form and then worried he'd be fired because you know something traumatic just happened to you and we all fucking know that like you're just like sure i'll sign whatever you know he signs it and so basically it says that he is legally like has to pay back. So he was, he was, his paycheck was docked $300 at a time before nearly $4,000 of the debt was repaid by the end of June. So like, and despite being forced into repayment, um, he had panic attacks, he had major anxieties, 
Like he was, and he still was like, fuck you guys. I'm like getting a lawsuit against you. This is fucked. Um, so in July, he was demoted to a extra board status, meaning he was only on call and then he's never been called in. So basically like they were like, get fucked by. Um, They're like, what? You're still employed. We just don't ask you to come in. Yeah, the people who were arrested who were in connection with the Ros- uh, who were connected to the robbery and there's obviously there's no evidence that like this guy knew them at all, but this is fucking crazy. I mean, and you're, you're also thinking to yourself like if he was like the in if it was an inside job and you're like this is Vegas baby, this is Ocean's 11 material. You don't fucking steal f- barely $4,000. If you're going to fucking go yeah, big, go big or go home, this guy was robbed at gunpoint. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, I've heard stories about this before and I just, I don't, I don't know. This is what insurance is for. Like how in your right mind could you ever like, like, like the bartender can fucking control that someone's going to come in and rob the place. And like, yeah, this place looks like hot garbage anyway. I'm like Googling. Um, yeah, this place is not looking very fun to go to. It's not, on. I don't think it's really on the strip. Not that that matters. But like, and should take away anything from it. But I just, I don't understand this. Like, how about like, hey, are you okay? Everything will be taken care of. We insurance will cover this money. Like, We're a major corporate bar and restaurant that exists in Las Vegas. We are flush with cash. We're glad you weren't killed. Thank you. We value you as an employee would be a normal response. But nope. Oh my God. No, no. Anyway, that made me mad. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. I kind of want to hear what happens, but um, I don't know. I don't know how this really wraps up. Like, yeah, I think we just kind of like keep, maybe they'll keep like posting updates. I mean, if this was a what happened, you know, over, I mean, December of 2020 and it's just now still happening, you know, right. we'll just we'll see if we uh, we uh, yeah, you know have any updates for you but here we go should we move from headlines into some server submitted a story (laughs) so (laughs) we are kind of doing a server submitted story today all from basically i'm gonna call him alex our boots on the ground delivery correspondent who sent (laughs) us just a treasure trove of memories that were unlocked thanks to an episode we had a few back there. So, okay, this was an immediate response to hearing his stuff and talking about delivery on last week's episode. So he says, hello again. I heard you mention a request for some experiences delivering in shitty weather, which we did ask. And I'm happy to oblige with a couple of experiences and some advice, which we will take. I was only once delivering, I was once delivering at what must have been early to mid-March because most of the snow had melted, but it was still cold enough to make the roads very slick. I embarked on a treacherous journey in near freezing rain to a farm in a particularly remote corner of the countryside. As we learned, this is where his jurisdiction was. Delivery zone yeah, exactly. was, yeah. <laughs> The fucking boondocks, baby. So as I mentioned, these roads are mostly dirt with gravel spread on top to keep it from washing away completely. On either side of the road, there's also irrigation ditches to keep the cornfields from flooding in the spring and summer. On that night, the ditches were filled with water from the melted snow and rain. As I rounded the last corner to the farm, oh God, my shitty Kia lost traction on the muddy, washed away roads. I did a 90 degree skid and nearly flipped into a ditch with freezing cold, rushing water. 
I don't know if it was pure willpower or just dumb luck, but my car stopped just before sliding off the edge and I lived to serve another pizza. (laughs) Even though it doesn't excuse them ordering in weather like that, I will say those customers understood what a pain it was to to deliver to them and thank God they tipped generously and rarely complained. So I don't know if the next experience is really a full story, but one night there was a big Midwest thunderstorm coming through my area. I had multiple out-of-the-way deliveries as the storm rolled in because the delivery radius, like we said, is so humongous. I drove through the storm front at least three times, feeling (laughs) a drastic change in humidity and temperature every time. Then the storm came and passed without much else to say. That is really creepy it's like you are expected to be just out in this Mm -hmm. shit this is okay so yeah you never thought like in the wizard of oz you'd be like tornado cow pizza delivery guy like (laughs) they're out there on their rusty mountain bikes which is the new york city (laughs) the big city delivery people um okay so finally some advice for delivery drivers and customers during cold and snowy weather drivers Always keep extra shoes and socks in your car in case you have to walk through a bunch of snow on your way to the door. Mm. Also, if it's particularly icy, wearing a pair of cleats can give you some extra stability so you don't fall. Customers, Mm. if you order during or after a snowstorm, please just do your best to shovel a path from the street to your door. Lay down salt if it's slick. Even if it's not big or doesn't reach all the way, it means the world to your driver that you took a little time and effort to help them stay safe and dry on those stressful, snowy shifts. I suppose I have a lot to say about delivering pizzas, and I'd be happy to continue sharing as your kind words spark memories. Oh, my God. Yeah, fucking great advice. Of course, shovel a path and lay down ice. I know. Or sorry, sorry, salt on the ice. Lay down some ice, Um, (laughs) y'all. (laughs) Um, it really does like the layers of lazy we really are at this point with just it's so easy to deliver and not even talk to a human anymore you know like the whole experience has become very dehumanized as we just spoke about robots so Mm. you might not think while you're safely scrolling Netflix just wanting someone to like you know like our expectation is like, oh, yeah, they come to the door and actually feed us the food. That's how fucking lazy we've gotten. It's like, no, get up off your ass and make sure they can safely access your home. If this oh, if this yeah. was something you're unwilling to go out in, like there's a good chance they could get hurt trying to give you your food. So, I mean, I definitely have like if we order something to go, there's a whole routine where you like turn on the light. Like, you know what I mean? There's a whole, you know, make sure the gate is open, all that all stuff. All that. I so. mean, we don't have to worry about weather per se. Yeah, here. sometimes it wanes, you know, it gets wanes, it gets, you know. Wanes, but. <laughs> okay, next story. Uh, same writer. Um, Two for a delivery on this one. Okay, I once took a delivery to a trailer park that could have been from the set of Deliverance. The unpaved road was so full of potholes, it was almost impossible to drive on. And the owner almost never plowed in the winter, leading my car to getting stuck on a couple occasions. A few of the trailers had actual numbers on them, which made finding an address in the black of night next to impossible. The delivery in question was to a lady in her 50s or 60s. And based on her slurred speech, I'd say she was drunk. (laughs) When I knocked on her trailer door, she shouted for me to come in. This was during COVID. So I tried to explain to her that I'd prefer to stand outside, but she couldn't 
be near me. Oh, she couldn't hear me. Sorry, but she couldn't hear me. Finally, she came in to the, she came to the door and she said, well, since you made me come to the door, you have to bring my food into my room. That's where my money is. Ugh, gross. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm I mostly wanted this whole thing to be over. So I put up. A, so I put up a little protest and walked into her trailer. The whole place was a mess. Fucking no surprise there. And even through my mask, I could almost taste the thick cigarette smoke that hung in the air. As she slowly guided me through her trailer, she apologized. Sorry for the mess. My place usually doesn't look like this. My two kids showed up out of nowhere and trashed the place and left the mess for me a couple days ago, and I don't know where they are and if they're coming back. (laughs) That's when I noticed this lady was not wearing pants. (laughs) Ah! Only a long shirt that covered most of her body and saggy granny panties. Now, I'm not saying she wasn't beautiful in her own way. (laughs) But as a young gay man, few things were as gross as that sight. (laughs) Come on in. Get comfortable. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a wonderful tale. Um, Yeah, that doesn't... I mean, again, Brooke, like you were saying, things have really fallen... (laughs) from falling falling down as far as courtesies during especially COVID-19 so you know putting on pants and straightening up especially if you're trying to seduce a fucking pizza boy I mean if that's the case clean your shit up a little bit first if you want to fuck the pizza boy make it make it an enticing environment yes Guys, I know, I know. That was like for sure at a point in the pandemic where we were all slipping, where it was just like, oh, don't forget your mask or your pants. <laughs> I haven't had pants on for eight days, you know, but yeah, yeah, whatever. That was a big that one. Was a- just like jerking off on Zooms. No big deal. Like who? I don't understand. Uh, what, I, I can't. Like what? So many early <laughs> pandemic oopsies, you know, <laughs> so many oopsies. Oh, my God. Fucking gold stars across the board. Alex. Obviously. Thank you, Mm -hmm. as always. And, uh, you know, we want to hear from you all. We always love it. Send your server-submitted stories to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so today, Brooke brought to my attention that this <laughs> weekend is not just Valentine's Day weekend, but also Super Bowl weekend, which is like a true shit show of a service industry weekend. You know, like that got us the whole like mashups, like the whole fusion different things like so basically like the odd couples right i thought we we should we should say i mean because these these are these are strange bedfellows that are about to happen oh do we remember to look up if historically it's been super bowl sunday and then valentine's day right after that i'm sure it's happened i'm sure this is not the first time this has happened i was just like is it president's day too but that's that's the the weekend weekend after. after But yeah, Mm -hmm. dude. Okay, so here's the thing. And I wasn't thinking straight at first where I'm like, well, this is just 
I was thinking, oh, this is terrible for the reasons that you're like, okay, not only is it going to be slammed and then slammed with unhappy couples who are very demanding, I stopped to remember that it's like, okay, bars get fucking slammed. Restaurants Mm -hmm. have a bad, bad night of service on Sundays, Mm -hmm. which would normally be pretty good for you. But then if, you know, suddenly you're moved to to Monday. So, or like, what's going to happen if people can't do their Valentine's on a Monday? I do think you're going to see a lot of Friday, Saturday night Valentine's diners getting caught in the crosshairs of Sunday night Super Bowl revelers. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen Yeah I totally get that I think you're gonna have like a lot of like People trying to have a romantic like Situation with people screaming At televisions <laughs> and that's just how it's Gonna be um, you know and by the way Unless you're like yeah oh, I was gonna say like I'm Getting ready for Los Angeles to burn to the ground On Sunday no matter what happens oh, I don't know I'm sure it'll be fine what? Dude okay come on I mean We're, we're in the Super Bowl I'm looking at Brian, who's just like, eh. <laughs> okay, maybe your neighbors don't shoot guns to celebrate sports. Oh, that's true. I mean, there's going to be fireworks and shit. Yes, there'll be all of that. Like when the Dodgers won and all that. Yes, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> like you say burn to the ground. I think of like not a good way. Like I'm sure people will be very amped and puffed up. It's just, you know? yeah, sorry. I just can't help but continue to reiterate that my neighbors shoot guns into the air to celebrate wins or losses. And it's really <laughs> fucking scary. Is there like a certain amount for wins or a certain amount for losses? So I think. Uh, when it's seven in a row with a with a handgun, um, mm-hmm. I think that's positive. Someone won. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when they Jesus when there are cannons Christ. that set off, so there's a neighborhood cannon. We can't figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then you're going okay. That was the cannon. That was a Glock. Did the did the L.A. Rams win? Did the how are the Raiders doing? And you have to look and see if it's sports. And then you're like, oh, okay, the Raiders are in Vegas now. So. Sorry, I don't know um, my L.A. teams. I don't know. <laughs> it's the Chargers and the Rams. They both Chargers share and Rams. So far. Sorry, yeah. I know my yeah. I know my Lakers and I know my Dodgers. Okay, totally. Anyways, totally. Well, Brian's off the hook for Valentine's Day because he has to work at the Super Bowl. So no big deal. Right. We fucking don't. We just don't do Valentine's it. We don't Day do anyway. It. I, I, we don't do it. I, we don't do I, it. That was a joke, you guys. My my boyfriend, when I was like, something to know about me, we're never doing this. And he was like, oh, no. I love this woman. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't do yeah. that. Thank you. But, you know, we all wish you well on this crazy journey of a weekend and hope that it's lucrative and without fucking drama. Um, that's a that's, that's a for, really you know. sweet loaded wish there. And but <laughs> thank you. Or at least, you know, not just like regular drama, not extra, not extra. Hmm. Um, but we thought because of this fusion that it would be fun for us to talk about mashups, restaurant mashups and like odd couplings. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a fusion restaurant, Brooke? Well, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. It combines elements of different culinary traditions that originate from different countries, regions, or cultures. Cuisines of this type are not categorized according to one particular cuisine style. Nay, never. (laughs) And have played a part in innovations of many contemporary restaurant cuisines since the 1970s. Okay? Cool. Here's a little history. Food fusion is massively misunderstood. 
With early world travelers exchanging and combining food knowledge, inevitably recipes would become more complex and interesting, taking influence from contrasting climates, ingredients, and cooking methods. Therefore, the fusion of culinary techniques and recipes has been in existence since the dawn of international trade. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. Arguably, one of the oldest fusions is pasta, as many believe it to be a descendant of the Chinese noodle. We know this. Brought to the Italians during the 13th century, closer to home, Edwardians also celebrate also celebrated food fusion. Uh, the combination of Indian and English produced dishes such as Kedigree. I don't Kedri- fucking is know it that. I don't, I've never heard yeah, that. Yeah, Kedigree. Um, but even fish and chips is essentially an early fusion, combining elements of Jewish, French, and Belgian cuisines all together. So this has been happening forever. Because we all know the I English only had porridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might not be. F- they had fish. They had the fish part, correct, you know. But, um, but you know, it's and I, it's fun to think that this has always been around. It will always be around. I mean, we we know fusion. We know even talking about like a new American cuisine to start, which you is your faves. I do. I'm usually pretty happy when it's going to be a new American menu because, like we said, it's you know local ingredients with a little bit of an outside cultural influence that usually leans a little French, or maybe this new American cuisine will lean a little Mediterranean. Like Barbrix mm-hmm. is trying to do all the time and just can't fucking get it together. Um, <laughs> you know, I I mean, Irwin in Chicago, which we talked about before, was very new American. He grew his own food. He had a lot of like, again, that European influence that came into play. Um, James, where you worked in Brooklyn, same feels, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Uh, and it just was like a, you know, for me, leaving the kind of corporate restaurant that as we've discussed like had a cisco menu or just like terrible food you know that they sourced like to really be like well what do you mean this is like from the farmer's market i've never even been to a farmer's market you know that was for sure very eye-opening um and to me too but i i think it's almost like what we're saying is like food fusion has existed that's how you know, cultures come to be because we meet one another and say, what are you eating? That's delicious. Let's put a little bit of that on my plate with what we have over here. It's just that Mm -hmm. the idea of restaurants or cuisine capitalizing on the term came about in the 1970s. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Wolfgang Puck Mm -hmm. was like a big name that was like pushing fusion out there. Um, Alice Waters was like one of the ones who really started with the new American cuisine, you know? And I think like from a service perspective, these restaurants can be like challenging in a great way. Like, you know, as a server, having chefs that do work with these ingredients, make it a really fun learning experience. Like, you know, you learn shit you would never have learned before, you know, but it's, and then you take that knowledge to your tables because they're all going to ask you. And do you know what it, do you know what, do you know what Nestor Itium is? Nestertium. I can't. Yeah. Nestertium. Thank you. Fuck. I do because <laughs> at my new American restaurant, our chef, taught us what it is they're edible flowers and you put that on top of you know a beautiful soup or a salad during the spring 
Um, totally. And you can eat the leaves. Like uh, you can usually they're used as like a wrap instead of like a piece of bread. They'll give you nasturtium like leaves to like eat your steak tartare with, you know, mm-hmm. but there's going to be questions from your tables because there's always ingredients that you're like, oh, that sounds delicious. What's what the, that? What the that? Um, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm thinking immediately of a fusion <laughs> restaurant that I used to walk to in Brooklyn where I was just like, I... I don't know what I think about this place because it was Japanese Mexican and they would oh. you, they would do like a sushi burrito, which I had really tough. They, it, there was one that like I was like, OK, yeah. this somehow is like kind of working. Um, but then there are the moments where you're like, it's OK to stay in your own lane. Like it's. Oh, my God. I mean, this the sushi burrito has it is a bigger thing now, but there it is it's it's too much for me. You, you know where you see it? You see it on all of these like delish and tasty videos where it's all about wrapping a million types of food into a big roll, cutting it in half, and then doing the porny like I split it open to camera, and you see the layers and the and the melty things <laughs> inside. Yeah, I feel like it's a food truck situation too. There's a lot of that happening. It's just like you know they like put your. It's like your poke bowls a wrap. You know what I and, mean? Yeah, and it's I'm sitting the- here going like I'm okay doing what's called a hand roll and eating it in nori. Like that's delicious. I I kind of mm-hmm, don't need mm-hmm. it in a flour. Like ugh. I like I want yeah, it's a lot. I want the but rice and the fish. Know, I don't want it competing yeah. with thick you know, flour tortilla. That's anyways, that's me. No, it's not. I don't think it's like in a flour. It was the one that you saw in a flour tortilla? Oh, I thought yeah. it was just like. No, all the ones I've seen are like just rice and like they're just it's basically like a huge sushi roll, like a huge masubi. Well, it's like a sushi. It's like an uncut. It's like a giant burrito sized hand roll. Yeah, that's what I usually see. I've never seen one wrapped in a tortilla. No, it was a Mexican Japanese joint that I was like, I don't know about this. Oh boy, oh boy. I kept well, it open on that note. And then I had a Tex Mex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Tex Mex, which is one of our favorite cuisines, I would say, um, is an amazing mashup because it's literally just like Texas and Mexico, like being so close to each other that like, like Tex Mex is a, a total fusion of both sides of the border, which, which is was incredible. always Mexico, but, um, yeah, huh? I mean, uh-huh. you know, uh, <laughs> it's sort of like, oh, hey, you li- you like that thing that we originated? Sure, we'll call it Tex-Mex. Um, I mean, like, I know that when we think of the way it is now and how everyone staked their claim, where it's just like, you know, beef is all Texas and and barbecue and all that stuff, but it's also like you're kidding me. Like Mexico roasts like the best huge cuts of pork and beef and and whatever. It's just you know at this point it's got different takes and they're really lovely when you do smash it all together. Yeah, but Tex Mex definitely has that like ooey gooey cheesy Americanized. It's got bomb. You know? It's got bomb Mexican mm-hmm. is what I like to call it because you're mm-hmm. like there are versions of lots of Mexican food that like like sour cream and cheese doesn't touch it. Are you fucking kidding me? It's going to be like yeah, yeah. fresh, like, you know, like a dry cotija cheese or, or <laughs> yeah, you know, right. but you're sitting here totally. going like they don't have um th- like they don't have any dishes called cheddar bombs down in Oaxaca. <laughs> they have no, Oaxaca no, cheese. this is purely yeah. Tex-Mex. And actually some people are like very strict about their Tex-Mex too. Like it's a very strict cuisine and like with cheddar bomb stuff like that. And I think, you know, they're going to see on like a Chili's menu, which is kind of like <laughs> taken over the Tex-Mex feel. Yes. Maybe there. 
also serving uh, another hot item we'll get, which oh. is going to be uh, oh. a Southwest egg roll. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, of course. Like, let's let's fucking talk about, okay, look, we've talked about Irish egg rolls yeah. a lot on this yeah. show. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, I, you love it. I, you know, I was just like, I was drunk enough to be like, I'm in, great. You know, would I order these sober? Probably not, but they were free. And they were at our friend's bar that he was working at. And like, unfortunately, I've seen them around more often. Oh, you can like, they'll put anything in a they will. wrap and fry it these days. Cri- like, and, and honestly, it's blowing my fucking mind. I'm, I'm here for all of it. Just give it, give it like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything stuffed into a beautiful crispy wonton that's deep fried is just so good. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, here's some fun mashups you found. Well, it, especially when we were talking, you know, like, like, sure, fusion is the classier version of the show. Mashups um, are more like what I was thinking when, you know, wasn't there that song like the Taco Bell Pizza Hut? Um, because yeah. so like in 2002, all of these huge chains decided like, hey, you know what? This town is small enough that maybe a Baskin Robbins wouldn't be able to carry the weight on its own, nor would a standalone Taco Bell. Thank God we're all owned by the same parent company and hence the Mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, bastardized chains, um, which The Onion put an article also saying that a new Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Baskin Robbins, Long John Silver's set to open. Um. Which I really loved. But yeah, so these parent companies are like, we can almost make something more like an efficient kitchen and kiosk and still have these, you know, I've not, have you ever been in one? I think I've at a roadside. Uh, I've definitely been to a uh, KFC Taco Bell. Those two. There we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm not a big ice cream person, I can tell you wholeheartedly, I've never walked into a Baskin Robbins pizza hut. Like that's, oh, that's sure. like, a, no, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want what you're selling. I've never even heard of that one. Um, there was also an A and W it's still there actually in Omaha. It's an A and W and then a local fast food Mexican place called Amigos that are mashed up. And that shit, I was just in Omaha and I drove by and I was like, this fucking place is still open. Like it's been open since Brian and I went to high school there. So that's, those, I mean, you when we go there, I don't know. A long time. I also, 20, 20 plus. I'm also like, and do I should have thought, you know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong or I'll do more research. Are you trained by both corporations and it's a sole employee? And do you have to know how to do like all 31 flavors and you know how to make a, a really good fucking meat lovers pizza? I mean, if you have a drive-through, you do, I would imagine. And do they make you a special uniform where it's split down the middle? One <laughs> half Baskin Robbins <laughs> uniform, the other half Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Totally. Is right. That how it totally. works. Um I fucking hope so. <laughs> to the point where you even have to wear like your hats, even like it's so good. Oh, I love it's this. It's so good. Um, but I this this uh this article that I found surprised me with a few other big basically restaurants um which are housed surprisingly not just by corporate and corporate fast food so this one particularly is surprising so taco bell owns also a very popular chinese chain called little sheep mongolian hot pot that Hmm. operates in china um but 
there are apparently 40 locations across North America at this point, but that is brought to you by Taco Bell, my friends. Interesting. Then I never knew that California Pizza Kitchen and Red Lobster were under the same umbrella. Ella, 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 you, you, you. you. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, okay, Golden Cat, who cares? Golden Gate Capital or whatever is the chain, the business chain or whatever. But um, yeah, a mashup of California Pizza Hut and Red Lobster. Um, oh, oh, wait, there's, okay, anyways, something with the Olive Garden too. Who knows what? Arby's and Il Fernayo, which is like. What's Il Fernayo? So what is this that is what's kind of crazy because um, Work Capital is the big company that owns just Arby's in general. And then under its umbrella, basically it's like a really fancy upscale sort of like I guess franchise, but independent restaurant where they do like venison and duck specials, which is like, okay, Arby's, which you make meat out of a tube, but then you have a place with actual venison. And then the one, huh? The one that kind of so they do have the meats all around. That's a conglomerate, is what you're saying. Totally. And then this one blew my mind. So Jollibee, have we ever talked about Jollibee? Oh yeah, I know what Jollibee is for sure. I tried it. Um, the chicken's good. It's like the number one Philippine fried chicken chain, but they mm-hmm. they sell fried chicken and spaghetti. You know, everyone's favorite oh, yeah, combo. It's super Filipino. Very yeah. very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so but this huge empire, which is humongously popular, uh, like acquired a Michelin star restaurant called Team Hoan. So, I mean, like, that's great for, you know, and I don't think it's a chain restaurant, but they're underneath this umbrella, which is like, we're not going out of business, baby. We got that Jollibee money. I love this. I want to eat at both of these places. Also, I am in the middle of a cleanse. Uh, I haven't eaten. How are you? Oh, I'm actually fine. I just, like... I'm, I'm actually I'm actually good. <laughs> okay. I actually like have lots of energy and like I'm doing just fine. I had crazy headaches last night from like I'm sure it was caffeine and sugar withdrawal like leaving my body. Mm. But there's just been a lot of like I'm just like, yeah, what am, I'm going to eat all this when I'm done <laughs> with oh. my cleanse, which you're not supposed to. But Mexican food is like I can't like nachos are like my number one image in my head that like what am I like? What's my treat at the end of the road? But no, I told obviously I'll start slow and eat healthy and build to that after yep. not eating for three days. Oof, God, yes, sorry. I've I've tried weird fasts before, and uh, let's just say I had to keep a rage journal. Um, and yeah, barely made it. I mean, it's it's I wasn't probably doing a medically nutritious in any fucking way. I guarantee I was doing the master cleanse at some point in two thousand eight. Right, you're just like drinking Epsom salts all in lemon. All yeah, day. so mm-hmm. so fucking gross. No wonder I was having a mental breakdown. Um, and I was performing for kids at a sleepaway camp in upstate New York. Oh. I oh. wasn't in a good place, Andrea. <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, okay, going back to this Baskin Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts. That's fucking heaven. Well, that me. makes like you're like, well, this is wonderful. I'm gonna get some ice cream, a donut, and a dessert coffee. I like none of mm-hmm. those things. I'll be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. That was a lie. Mm-hmm. But if if I was a sweets person, that would be great. I would eat donuts and ice cream together, 100. percent Um, but you know, on that note, more kind of mashups with food. Like anything can be a fucking taco now too, which I love. And I just want to do a shout out like everybody else does, but to Roy Choi who made it fucking happen with Korean Mexican food truck, like that Koji shit. It's fucking delicious. 
and everything is a taco now, which I don't hate. Bring me all the tacos. Just don't bring me a Choco Taco. I was never oh, no, that big into a Choco Taco as as a uh, fucking fro- That's frozen That's like dessert. the oldest out of all of them. I know. Choco Taco's the original taco mashup. Fuck Roy Choi. I know. <laughs> and actually, I'm, ri- I'm like, ri- I'm rifling through my brain right now. And I was like, did I speak out of turn? Are those actually delicious? They might be delicious. Um, I'm going to go with delicious. Okay, but you have also said you do not like ice cream. I'm not, like you just, I am not a big sweets person, but I think there was something about the Choco Taco having a larger uh, proportion of like a chocolate dipped crunchy layer to the inside. Yeah. So I think I might have liked yeah. that better. Maybe yeah. I am. I mean, Team yeah, Choco Taco. I, I, it's, I mean, you know what? Life's for living and you always <laughs> got to give things second chances is what I say. Um, I'm going to give a huge shout out to Romeo's in Omaha, combining Mexican food and pizza since 1976 and employing my brother yes. since 1990. I'm going to say 99. I'm going to say 99. He still picks up shifts there to make extra spread, Brooke. It's, that's, I mean, it's wild. Good for him. It's incredible. Should be a partner in the um, restaurant at this point. I know, I know, I know. But you know, he's man. He's he's also like manages a retirement community and manages the entire kitchen there. The, the dude is so thick into the service industry his whole fucking life. It's it's it's. it's Why amazing. haven't we had we your brother have, on? I don't know, but we need to yeah. for sure. Um, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, but even cocktails are taking it up a notch. You know, I just feel like you're seeing a lot of like mezcal old fashions. Beer cocktails. Beer cocktails, mezcal old fashions. I feel like uh, what you're going to see if you join us tomorrow, that Saturday for the Instagram live with lo-fi aperitifs, like a Negroni, but with um, an aperitif as the main ingredient. Instead, like everyone's Mm -hmm. learning elevated ways to mix up cocktails or even when we're talking about like CBD cocktails are a new thing like weed infused cocktails just delicious mocktails that are riddled with adaptogens and other weird things and there's tons of weird shit out there but I just think I love that it's just like it's not just here in the US where it is a melting pot and all of these amazing flavors have been like fucking thrust together in many ways that we're just keep having these amazing culinary experiences. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. But it, it's 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 but I love the silliness of it all too. It it can be like a really happy accident that works incredibly well together. Those are the greatest when you're just like it's what we had left over and it turned it out to turned out to be like a taste sensation that swept Who the knew? nation. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to, if this sparks memories or it's where you currently work, like how much explaining do you have to do at your fusion restaurant? We want to hear mm-hmm. from you. Do you work at a place that's like not great? You know, doesn't quite get it. Is it cheesy? Want to put them on blast? We like, we're so interested to hear, uh, you know, what kind yeah. of. Oh yeah. Do you work at Fong's in Des Moines, which is a tiki bar and a pizza place, and they have a fucking crab ragoon pizza you can get and a bunch okay. of sugary drinks? Okay. Yeah, I've been. It's. <laughs> I told you I'm not a big fan of the chain Shakey's pizza. And uh-huh. uh, it was, oh, God, their fucking marquee a few years ago was like, shrimp pizza's back. And I was like, nobody asked for that. God, that is a mashup. I mean, I guarantee, but that that's from fucking culinary pioneer Wolfgang motherfucking Puck. 
probably did that shit first and it trickled on down to Shakey's. Get your mm-hmm. seafood the fuck off my pizza. I. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know. Isn't clam pie real big in Boston? Isn't that the big thing? I'm sure. I maybe yeah. I could maybe I could choke that down. I'd have to try it. I'm sure. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> well, I am thinking ahead. I do think you know as we're wrapping up here. I think maybe next year's Halloween costume, since I did sleep on it, will be two fast food uniforms yes. sewn together, and I want to be a yes. Baskin Robbins Pizza Hut employee. I love it. I love this so much. Um, well, that was a fun little weird episode. It was great. It was born out of what's sure to be a weird and wonderful uh, weekend in the service industry for you all. Uh, tell us about it. Godspeed. Good tips. Good luck. Good luck. Mm-hmm. You're going to need it. All right. We will talk to you guys next week.